Welcome to the North Brevard Church of Christ podcast. I'm Doug Hunter, one of the elders. We hope that this podcast makes our sermons and Bible studies more accessible. Okay, so we have been discussing the church and we've been talking about a lot of different stuff and had a lot of good conversations so far. And I have warned you two weeks ago that we were going to do something a little different with this last class because I think it's important when we're talking about church uh, to share our experiences. And I know that not everybody is comfortable sharing their experience with everybody in the class. So the youth minister in me is has a great idea, but y'all aren't kids, so that makes me nervous, right? Um, So what I'm going to ask is, yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to ask is that we get kind of into small groups. For those of you who can move, maybe find a couple people you're comfortable discussing with. And we're going to kind of have a time of discussion in um, small groups. Um, and then I want to share those uh, things that we discussed um, in our groups at, at the end, middle, maybe even in a few minutes. I don't know. Um, so just a reminder, we were talking about all the different things that the church is supposed to do or supposed to be focused on. According to the New Testament, because we believe that we are a New Testament church. And Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 are the two significant verses in this passage to me um, that I want to talk about before we discuss these questions. Because it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I want to try to stir something up tonight. Okay? So if you're a little nervous about it, don't feel bad. I'm a little nervous about it too. Okay? But I want to try to stir something up. Um, Because we've also been discussing the fact that right now in our country, which is one of the strongest Christian nations in the world um, that we are in decline. That church in general is in decline. Um, Which means it's time to start talking about some stuff. It's time to start talking about some stuff. I had a a mentor of mine who I've known for over 20 years Uh, say something to me. I'm not 100% sure I agree with it, but I've been thinking about it a lot. He said, we're at a place right now where if we don't change, we're going to die. That's what he believes. This is a conservative man who's led many churches in the state of Florida for a long, long, long period of time, specifically churches of Christ. Um, So it's time to start figuring out what it was, what it was um, that makes you who you are 
what it was that got you to where you're at uh, in your life. And how can we continue to make sure these things happen going forward for the people that come in our doors uh, each and every Sunday, Wednesday, and hopefully even other days besides that. So these are the three questions I want you to discuss. What does the word church mean to you? What church experience, what church experiences have, have you had, have, oh, excuse me, have had the biggest impact in your life? And what people have had the biggest impact in your life and why? So I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to discuss amongst yourselves. Like I said, if you, can, if you want to move and talk to certain people, that's fine. If you just want to talk to the people that are right there beside you, that's fine. Um, but I want to give you a few minutes to discuss those things. And then uh, I want to have a, a time of sharing uh, in a little bit, okay? So I'm going to walk away from this mic for a little while. So, what I'm going to do, only because of the podcast that we're recording these days, is if you want to share, I want to bring you the mic so that if anybody is listening on the podcast, they get to hear you too. And they don't just hear my response to you. Um, so, that might slow it down a little bit, but I think it's necessary. And I also think, honestly... Sometimes if you're on this side of the room, you don't hear what's being said on this side of the room and vice versa. So I think it'll help us, right? I didn't expect to get an amen out of that, but I'll take it. Um, okay. So first question was, what does the word church mean to you? I heard somebody say ecclesia over there, which is true. That's what it is, right? But what does that mean? What does the word church mean to you? Anybody want to share? Those called out. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who think that the church is the building. Family. family. I would agree with that. Can't get around that, right? If we're children of God, we're family of God. That's right. That's definitely it. Church is in your heart. It's, it's us. We're the church. Right? So, that means we're getting smaller. That means we are shrinking. So, what are we going to do to change that? So, I think the second question is... Um, 
Really important. Really, really, really important. And I think some of it is going to end up being more obvious, and some of it's not. Mike, you want to say something? I can see it. Okay. Slimming down. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what the teens do. And then we have, we hit that 21 age group, and they said, we're not in anything. We don't know those people. They're older than us. We don't know. And that's the group that stops coming. But they come back when they have kids because this is what kids do. And they're turning into teenagers. This is what teenagers do. And when they hit that, that 20s, to early 30s group, that, that's when you see people wandering away because that group in there, they're to be tough, they're to seek pleasures, they're to have, they have several goals. Yeah, but it's that group we're missing. And uh, as far as Christianity, we're, we're doing all right. And here, we're not having even the guys 20 and 21 are coming. So, you know, that's hats off to the elders for their programming. Sure. Chuck has something to say. Can you speak it to the mic, please, Chuck? <laughs> I don't want your, you know, soft voice to. This one or that one? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, what you're saying about the, the group is tough, but it's tough to get that group to move to the next thing, too. And that's part of the problem. I, I know. You've had that problem, Doug's had that problem, I had a problem when I had education was you're now out of high school, you're, you're a young adult, you're either out working or you're going to college, let's form a class. And they don't want to do that. They don't want to leave the class they've been in. And, and it's hard to make them make that transition. They, they, don't, they want to stay where they were at and then, and then, then they don't have anything to identify with that because everybody else in the class is a lot younger than they are. So, you know, that's a that's a problem. I'm not sure. You know, we've we've had classes. We've encouraged people to say, "You're out of high school now. You need to start." And we'll get a smaller group that's the young adults. But we need to do that. But you know, it it is it is difficult for them because they're now in wide open challenges, and 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 there's a lot of attractiveness in the world. So it's 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 a tough transition at particular time. You know, and your brain still growing until you're 25. That's true. Maybe even longer than that. I mean, for some of us like me. Um, so I'll, I want to speak on that for a minute because I, I think that it's a problem that is uh, widespread in the church of Christ um, until you get into bigger congregations, which the majority of the church of Christ is not big congregations. So until you have a payroll that has multiple ministers on it, and somebody actually focusing as a full-time person on that age group, you don't see too many successful programs for that age group. Here's the problem that you have. When we, we, we start very young at our church, I'll speak just about us, with involvement for the kids. We give them lots of opportunities. Some are very biblical-based, biblical some 
are excitement and relationship-based. And they're so you can bring your friends and don't feel like the Bible's going to get stuffed down their throat the first time you bring them. Because not every friend is actually looking for that. Not at least at first. Okay? And then they develop a relationship with the youth minister if he's doing his job. That, that's what happens. Um, here's the problem you run into. The problem you run into is those kids, when they graduate out of the youth program, the ones that stick around, they have to make the decision to move on. You can't force them to. If you force them to, I'm just, I'm just telling you, think about this. If you force them to, it backfires. And here's why. Tell me one kid that you know, young adult, between the ages of 18 and 25, that want you to tell them what to do. How about you when you were 18 to 25? Did you want anybody telling you what to do? That's exactly. And then around 25, 26, you realize your parents were actually way smarter than you ever gave them credit for, right? But that's the problem. Go ahead. Well, part of that's because kids are interested in different things than adults. Okay, you're not gonna um, you're not gonna have the Proverbs group. You're not gonna have any of the kids showing up to the Proverbs group to share a meal and then go on a nature walk. Go ahead. Okay. Mhm. So, let me answer this. I'm going to be I'm going to I think I'm going to be maybe more direct than I should be in this moment, but I I think you bring it up a good point. Okay? But I'm going to turn it back on you. All right? Because the problem isn't youth ministry. The problem isn't a youth minister. The problem isn't a youth program. If the problem was youth ministry, youth ministry, youth program, there's been plenty of youth ministers who have given plenty of churches a reason to go away from a youth program. But nobody does. Because there's way more positive coming out of a youth program than negative. Here's the problem, in my opinion, my humble opinion. The problem is, is when the youth minister does his job really well, everybody leaves it up to him to do it. Whereas if you don't have a youth minister, you don't have that option. That's part of the problem. Okay? We didn't segregate by meeting in a room and talking about things that kids need to learn about versus adults. We segregated because the youth program became successful enough that Talk to me. Sure. So it's funny, I was just saying to Doug that I think certain opportunities for the entire church, especially talking right now, 
I think they actually could bring a lot to this conversation we're having right now. Um, so I think there is something to that that we might need to explore in the future. Um, because what I'm hearing is part of what you're saying is that some of your experience was just being with everybody. Yes. Yeah. And there is a lot of, I don't, there is a lot of, I don't want to call it really division, so don't take it that way, but there is a lot of separation based on age. And there's reasons for that. Trust me, you don't want to have all the conversations that I have with the kids. You don't. And you don't want to have them over and over and over again the way I have to. Okay? You don't want a class that's designed for 12-year-olds in here. At least not every week. You don't. All right? They're going through puberty. Y'all want to learn about puberty? I don't think so. Um, yeah. Sure. There's a lot of fire and brimstone back in the day. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I want to I say this, because I, I got a lot of experience with ba baptizing people, uh, the young people at our congregation. What? Yeah. I, but I want to say this, because I think we have to be careful. There, there's no age in the Bible. Okay? And every kid is different. All right? Some kids aren't mature enough at 10. I've met kids that are mature enough at 10. All right? I can remember when Grant, for example, Grant, I don't want to speak too highly of Grant, okay? But it's easy to. I'm just going to be honest with you. All right? Um, I love that kid to death. Um, but me and Doug used to have Bible study pretty regularly at his house. And Grant was six years old, maybe. I mean, barely old enough to see over the table, I can tell you that. Crawling up into the chair and sitting there and having Bible study with me and his dad every week. And I'm going to tell you, when I was his age, I would have been watching cartoons, certainly not at the table trying to learn about the Word of God at his age. So I'm just saying everybody is different. So we have to be careful with that. And I, and I think that's why I make everybody write a letter. Because I know... That part of why 
I felt like I needed to get baptized so young, especially myself, was because I, my preacher was stuff on me. I've told you, he used to call me out at the pulpit, even when I was writing sermon notes, okay? And I'd get taken to the back and get whipped by my dad because it didn't matter what was happening. He was embarrassed, all right? And so I really believed in my mind that I was going to hell, and I was having nightmares about hell and waking up and crying to my mom about how I needed to get baptized because I was going to hell. Um, and I'm not saying I was mature enough to fully understand the call, but, you know, that's another thing that is difficult because what do you really need to know to get baptized? How much do you really need to know? I think you need to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's the question we ask. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, let me remind you of a scripture that might encourage you. It says the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. But the scripture also says perfect love casts out all fear. It's not in contradiction. So at some point, you're supposed to go from fearing God and fearing hell to realizing that God loves you so much that the last thing he wants to do is send you there. And I think that's part of spiritual maturation so spiritual maturity sure i think uh there, there's a lot of youth and family ministers out there and stuff like that yeah no doubt mm-hmm Yeah. They get to see how they are, what it's like to, you know, be 16 now. 
Yeah. And you learn to love them where they're at. Yeah. It's a key. <laughs> if you get, especially with young people, if you don't love them where they're at, they're not going to stick around. I can promise you that. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> but like I said, you brought up Catherine. I was baptized before I was six months old. That was the condition. They didn't want you to wait. They didn't thought if anything happened to you, you wouldn't go to heaven. Yeah, original sin. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple. It's really simple. It's the idea that we are born sinful, which is wrong, but we are born into sin because we're surrounded by it. And even the best people in our life sin. So, yeah, I know. Well, my my uncle's a Lutheran priest. He was here not, not that long ago, if you remember. And, uh, we go around and around about things, but you know what? They have their reasons for believing their things, and, and I'm not going to get into all that. Um, but when it comes to our experiences, here's what, here's what you guys, we have to start thinking about, okay? I heard a lot about what it was like when you were younger, and that's important. That's important, Okay? And what really impacted you when you were younger? Because some of that value has not changed and never will change. The value of family is never going to change. Okay? The value of mentorship is never going to change. All right? But the world itself has changed a lot in 50 years. And the kids are dealing with a different world than you are, than you were then. And the strategies have to become They have to become different. We don't have to reinvent the entire wheel. But our strategies do have to become different because what used to work, it's just not working the same anymore. It's not. 50 years ago, was there ever a youth and family minister? A family life minister? There you go. Right, because usually until you get about 400, you don't have multiple, you know, you got maybe two ministers and it's usually a pulpit minister and a youth minister. And and we've had this organization that we've bought into overall. And that is is even something I think at times we need to look at and think about and not be afraid to change a little bit. Um, Anyway, I want to share with you real quick because we're running out of time as usual in this class. As usual, I only wrote three questions down and we can't, okay, anyway. Oh yeah, are you kidding? 
Um, hello, ADD. Anyway, um, I'm really good at math too, but anyway. Um, so when I was thinking, I just want to share with you some of my, the stuff I wrote down. Um, first of all, when it comes to the word church, I just put the church is the body of believers that believe Jesus Christ is the son of God and are united in the goal of making as many disciples of Christ as possible in their lifetimes. That's what the church is. That's what we do. We're the body of believers. We come together, a family of believers united in the goal of sharing the word of God. Because at the end of the day, what's more important? What do you have in your life that's more important than eternity? What do you have in your life that's more important than the love of God? What do you have in life that has made you who you are more than your relationship with Jesus Christ? What do you have? Zero. Zero, thank you. That's exactly right. Okay? So when it comes to church experiences that have had the biggest impact in my life, I started to tell you guys this, a little bit about this last week, or two weeks ago now. SunQuest has, has had a huge, a huge experience for me in my life. Okay? Not only as a kid, but as an adult working with it now. All right. Do you know that one year at SunQuest, we baptized six kids out of the youth group from this church? Because it makes an impact. Go ahead. Converting Brenda, he said. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I was going to get into that in just a minute. Um, for me personally, Central Florida Bible Camp, huge impact in my life, not just as a kid, but still today. Okay. Um, Christian College, for those of you who went to a Christian college, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say huge impact. We got Bible every day, um, which was huge for me. Um, and again, personal relationships with other believers. And I can name many, many, many people who took time out of their day to deal with wild Matt Robinson that many people were afraid of at our church. Okay, something about that follows me still to this day. All right. But wild Matt Robinson, nobody wanted to touch. Many, many, many men, many men at Rockledge Church of Christ, First Christian Church of Coco. Uh, Rockport Church Christ in, in West Virginia, and here at North Brevard, many shaped me into who I am today by taking time out of their day to get to know me, to get to know me. I didn't go up to them and be like, hey, let's go to lunch. No, they came up to me and said, you know, I see what you're doing. I really like what you're doing. Can I take you to lunch? Can I pick your brain a little bit? Can I help you in life? Can we talk about the Bible? Okay, let me finish real quick. What people had the biggest impact in your life? And this is what I put, my family, right? My family, what you said with, with, with your wife, Amy's had one of the biggest impacts of anybody ever in my life, all right? You wanna meet somebody, find me somebody pure, and I know we all have that person, right? But, so pure, so honest, so, oh, such amazing character. 
okay? Um, which I didn't have. It took a lot of developing for me to have any character at all, to have any t integrity at all. That's just me being honest. Um, my youth ministers in my life had a huge impact in my life. Huge. Sometimes the only person in the room that even understood me. Okay? Including my parents. Sometimes they were like, I don't know what to do with them. And they're like, I know what to do with them. College professors, elders, Christian friends. And you know why? Because of the bond of Christ. Because of real love. Because of unity and purpose and view of life. And because of the commitment they shared with me. The commitment to me in my life. Look, those things will never change. The method, the event, the moment, that changes all the time. But those things will never change. Don't allow the way the church is set up, the programs, the organization, don't allow that to become an excuse of why you don't reach out to the young people in this congregation. I'm telling you, it's time to start growing. And we do that by committing to one another. And then the people who come in will see that commitment and they'll want it too. They'll want it too. That's never going to change. Anyway, um, thanks for all your comments. I think next week we'll start something different.